0: Christmas will be here before you know it. So now is the time to prepare your heart with a timeless devotional written by Dr. David Jeremiah called Season of Joy. Enter the Christmas season with restored
1: hope, resounding joy, reassuring peace, and renewed faith. This inspirational book is yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive a four-pack to share the season of joy with others. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca.
0: would you react if you met an angel? Fearfully, like those in the Bible? Cynically, like most in the world? Would you even know it was an angel? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah responds to the question with help from Scripture to separate angel fact from fiction. Concluding the series, Angels, Who They Are and How They Help, here's David with today's message, Angels and You. So in this uh,
1: short time we have together on the air, I'm going to share 13 things about angels that you need to be aware of as we close this series out. These are practical applications. You might want to write these down. Of course, if you have the study guide, they're all in the study guide. But these things will help you. Stay out of uh, trouble when it comes to angels. Angels can take you down a place you don't want to go because many people think they are worthy of worship and that they can, uh, they have power that is greater uh, than uh, maybe even God. You don't want to go there. You want to realize the place angels occupy, and they do have a place. So listen carefully to the practical application about angels. And I'm not going to do anything ahead of that. I'll talk to you at the end about the resources, but let's just get started with that right now the practical application of angels to you. I need to tell you that I was first motivated to explore this subject when I began to see the flood of books and materials on the secular market. Let's face it, people are talking about angels like never before. People who never even thought of an angel are talking about them in everyday commonplace language. I was at a conference and a woman came up to me and she said, Would you mind if I pin something on your lapel? Well, strange things happen in conferences, and I've had lots of things pinned on my lapel, little crosses, Jesus saves buttons, and vote for so-and-so buttons, all that sort of thing, you know? But I said, no, that'll be fine. I got to the hotel and looked in the mirror, and it was an angel, a little angel on my lapel. And I saw her the next day, and she said that that angel was a guardian angel. And if I would wear that angel on my lapel, that God would protect me as I traveled around the country and... Obviously, she'd never driven with me. She knows it takes a lot more than that to take care of me. But I begin to realize that there is an incredible amount of strange information circulating about angels these days. And I wonder in my own mind if this interest in angels is a return to the truth about these heavenly messengers or just another growing number of spiritual fads that are passing our country. Or to say it another way, is this the old truth revisited or is it the new age repackaged? Many of you have come to me and told me that you'd never heard that before and you'd tell me something about angels that we talked about. I think it is safe to say that a thorough digestion of biblical angelology has separated us from the superstition and folklore of much modern angel talk. We know now that God's word says a lot about angels and we know something about what it says. We understand, for instance, where hell's angels originated. We're aware of the ministry of angels to God's people in the past and in the present. The psalmist reminds us that the angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. And once again, the psalmist writes, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Those are wonderful promises from the Word of God, and they're not just for the days of the psalmist, but they're for our day as well. Many of us have had a date with an angel. If you could tell your story, if you had the courage to tell your story, you would be able to look back and say, there was a time in my life when there was a very mysterious intervention and something happened that protected me, and I can't explain it, and it's not understandable in human terms. As we look back over our shoulders at the truth we've learned and the things we've studied together, I want to reiterate some of the major truths. I heard this somewhere, where someone would come out, he would make some amazing statements, and the whole crowd would go, hmm, can you do that? Hmm. Well, I'm gonna make some statements like that, and when I get done, I want you to help me preach this sermon. When I make the statement, I want you to go, hmm. All right. Can we do that? Here's the first one. Angels render worship, but they never receive worship. Hmm. All right. Now watch. Revelation 5, 11 and 12 tells the story of an incredible worship experience in heaven. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Probably the primary occupation of the angels of God is to worship God. They are instruments of majestic worship of the Lord of glory. But I want to tell you something. In the day in which we live, there's been a little subtle shift, and now people have forgotten that angels render worship, but that they never receive worship. Do you know that there are people today who pray to their angels? Who program their angels? Who go to find out how to turn the angel within you alive? Who actually have prayers that they write out to angels and pray every day? And yet the Word of God is so very clear about the fact that angels render worship, but they never receive worship. Listen to Colossians 2.18. It says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and in the worship of angels. And, you know, I always have been intrigued by the two times in the book of Revelation when John, the human writer of that book, was in the presence of an angel and was so overwhelmed by it that he did what you and I would probably do he fell on his face in the presence of this awesome glory we read in Revelation 19 10 his own account of it he said and I fell at his feet at the feet of the angel to worship him but he said to me see that you do not do that for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus Worship God, say it out loud, worship God. He's the only one who is worthy of worship, not his angels, not anything that he has created. The angels are the creation of God and they are not to be worshiped. It happened again as recorded in Revelation 22, eight and nine. Look at what it says. And I saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, see thou do it not for i am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book and here it is again say it out loud worship god do you see how easy it is for us to make that little change if we don't know the word of god i think we would all be tempted if we saw an angel today a real heavenly messenger we would be tempted to do that but the angels themselves tell us that worship belongs to god alone angels render worship but they never receive worship. That's the first one. Number two, have you got your mm-hmm ready? Here we go. Angels rejoice in salvation, but they cannot receive salvation. Hmm. That's from Luke chapter 15 and verse 10. By the way, that's the wonderful chapter that talks about lost things being found. And it says, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels rejoice when someone becomes a Christian, but they cannot experience salvation. The best they can do is to look into it, but they can't experience it. 1 Peter 1:12 talks about the gospel and it talks about salvation and the last phrase in the verse says, "which things The angels desire to look into. They can't really understand salvation because an angel's never been lost. An angel can't be saved. An angel doesn't know what redemption is. Jesus Christ didn't come into this world to die for the angels. Angels are forever frozen in their estate as they were created after the fall of the angels. There are about a third of them, as you know, who defected. But if they fall, they can't be redeemed. There is no plan of redemption for the angels. Did you ever think about that? So angels can rejoice in our salvation, but they can never receive salvation. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Number three, angels minister to believers in death, but angels never die themselves. Hmm. Many were surprised when I talked about angels and death to find out that it's really true that angels take us to glory when we die. You know, some of us have heard that along the way, and we thought that was just something some sentimental person made up in the midst of their grief, but that's based upon the word of God. Do you remember the story of Abraham and Lazarus that we talked about? Luke chapter sixteen twenty two says, and so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Isn't that interesting? In fact, I found another passage that seems to corroborate this, not so much about death, but do you remember the story of the ascension of our Lord? In Luke chapter 24, verses 50 and 51, it says, And Jesus led his disciples out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them, and it says, And carried up into heaven. (laughs) Who do you think did that? I know who did it. You do too, don't you? The angels are those who minister to us at death. And yet the interesting thing about it is angels never die. Angels live forever. Did you ever stop and think about the fact that according to Henry Morris, who is my friend and a scholar who I trust, angels were created probably on the first day of creation. One of the first creative acts. Listen now. Every single angel who was created on the first day of creation is still living and alive today. None of them have died. Even the ones who defected are still living. And it says this in the Word of God. It says in the Word of God that angels do not die. Luke 20, verse 36. Nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and are the sons of God. Angels don't die. And yet these Non dying angels minister to us in our death. What a wonderful truth. Number four, angels rescue some of us and reassure the rest of us. Hmm. (laughs) This thought's been real helpful to me because, you know, one of the questions you get asked when you talk about angels is well, Pastor Jeremiah, so and so had this problem over here. I mean, you know, our friend jumped 14 feet sideways by the help of an angel and wasn't hit, but you probably know somebody that got hit by a bus and you're saying why wasn't that Christian rescued well I don't know the answer that's a profound question with an answer far beyond my intellect but let me just give you some thoughts that are very helpful does God rescue people today did he in the past he rescued Peter from prison you remember that in Acts chapter 12 angel of the Lord came upon Peter and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and Peter walked out of prison, a free man. He was rescued by an angel. My favorite Bible rescue story has to do with Lot. Do you remember that? It's found in the book of Genesis and in the 19th chapter, and it says, And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Rise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. It came to pass when they brought him forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And what happened? Lot made it and his wife didn't she turned around and she lost her life But God rescued lot. Did he do that? Yes, he did I read a more modern rescue story that goes back to the world war That helps me understand that God still does that today in his own special way a woman by the name of Matsuko Hasegawa Came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of a young missionary by the name of Mabel Francis Matsuko's father was the mayor of Hiroshima Her desire was to be a missionary, just like Mabel Francis, who had won her to the Lord. But her desire was destroyed because in the tradition of her country, her parents arranged a marriage for her to a man who was not a Christian. In time, Matsuko received assurance in her heart that the Lord would work, even in this event, for her good and for his glory. Three daughters were born to Matsuko and her unsaved husband. And then World War II began, and her husband went off to the War to fight for the emperor and lost his life in the war. In her story, Matsuko said that when she heard of her husband's death, she was tempted to commit suicide. But suddenly she heard the Lord speaking to her in her heart saying, you wanted to be a missionary, didn't you? Well, maybe you should raise these girls to be missionaries for me. She returned to Hiroshima, began to work for her sister-in-law, who was a doctor in the city. And her life seemed to get back on track, but soon she began to sense another command, and she didn't understand it. And I'm not a mystic, and I don't think we hear voices, but sometimes in our spirit, in our heart, God speaks to us sometimes through his word and sometimes by his spirit. And she said she began to hear this regularly, and she didn't understand it, but the message she kept getting was escape to the mountain, escape to the mountain. You see, Hiroshima had not been a military target at any time during the war, and yet Matsuko knew that Japan was preparing for a final stand as the Allied forces drew nearer. And the insistent words kept coming in her heart and in her spirit, escape to the mountain, escape to the mountain, and finally she obeyed. She gathered up her three children and a few belongings that she could pull together. She hired a truck and she left and she drove out of Hiroshima up into the mountains. And at 8.16 the next morning, a blinding flash and a mushroom cloud engulfed Hiroshima. Like Lot and his family in the Old Testament, Matsuka watched the destruction from the far off mountains. And she wrote I believe God sent his angels and led me and his three potential missionaries to safety God rescued her does God do that if you believe he does that say amen I believe he does and that's a wonderful story but what about the people who don't get rescued again I don't know all the answers to that but I was just reminded that Hebrews 1:14 tells us that one of the purposes of angels is that they are sent forth as ministering spirits for those who inherit salvation And listen carefully now. It was our Lord Jesus who teaches us this truth In his temptation in the wilderness when he was taken by Satan out into the wilderness and he was tempted And he was in the temptation and there was an angel involved. But let me ask you a question, class. Did the angel come and rescue Jesus from the temptation? No, the scripture says in Mark 1:13 13, that he was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. In fact, Matthew 4, says that after the devil left him, then the angels came and ministered to him. Was he rescued? No, but he was reassured and strengthened by the angels in the midst of the testing. The same thing happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. If ever there was a time in the life of our Lord from the human perspective that we would think he would want to have been rescued from a situation, that would have been it. But the scripture says he went through that awful agony for us and there appeared an angel unto him, according to Luke 22, strengthening him. Isn't it interesting? Angels rescue some people and they reassure others. We need to do this class. We need to make a commitment that we're going to treat angels like miracles. We're going to believe in them, but we're not going to schedule them. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know anybody that schedules miracles? College students do that all the time. (laughs) They do it all. I mean, it's just part of their life. You know, it's the night before exam and they schedule a miracle for the next day. And their prayer goes like this. Oh, God, help me to remember the things I haven't studied. I mean, God isn't going to do that. He isn't going to do that. Some people treat angels like they treat miracles, you know? You take advantage of your knowledge, and you try to do things that you feel like an angel's going to intervene. God rescues some, and he reassures others. Number five, God's angels often appear in white, but they are not the angels of light. Hmm. You remember when Mary looked into the tomb on resurrection morning? It says in John 20 that when she stooped down and looked into the tomb, she saw two angels in white sitting. In several other places, we're told that angels appeared in white garments. It's the traditional fashion for angels. They appear as brilliantly white. And most of the people, modern people, who have seen appearances of angels will say, I saw this incredibly white creature. But watch carefully. The angels in white are not the angels of light. And you can make the mistake very quickly. Notice what it says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into what? An angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Angels of light are who class? Satan and his angels. Isn't that interesting? We often paint him in darkness. We paint him in a shroud, but Satan is an angel of light and that's why he deceives so many people. That's why all this angel mania stuff is going on today. This is the new age angel of light counterfeiting the reality of who God and his angels really is. So don't get confused that the angels in white are the angels of light because they're two different people. And I reminded you at the outset of this study. That the angels of light started two major false religions the angel of Mohammed and Moroni the angel of Joseph Smith started two false religions angels of light number six the Lord commands thousands of angels but he did not summon one of them to aid him in his earthly life hmm. It says in Revelation chapter 5:11 that the number of angels that God has at his disposal are 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And you remember at the beginning of the series, I told you how many football stadiums that would fill up. <laughs> Hundreds of football stadiums full of angels and God has all of them. All he has to do is speak a word and they will do anything he says. But he walked on this earth in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for 30 plus years. And never once did he ask an angel to come and rescue him or assist him. The angels were sent by his father to minister to him, but he never called in fact. You remember what he said in the garden in Matthew 26, 53? Do you think I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? And I pointed out that 12 legions of angels is 72,000 angels. We need to sing. He could have called 72,000 angels because that's how many angels Jesus mentioned. You know what? The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus was meek. Do you know what meek is? The best definition of meekness I ever heard is power under control. The Lord Jesus had all the power of the universe at his disposal. He never once in his humanity took advantage of it. That he might be someone who identifies with you and with me. Number seven, one angel might destroy 185,000 enemies of God in one night and be disguised as a stranger in your home the next day. Mm. Wow. Putting those two things together is a trip, isn't it? You remember this? It came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out, killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And I love this. When the people arose in early in the morning, there were the corpses, all dead. Which is what most corpses are when you find them, you know, <laughs> dead. That's one verse over here. And yet, over here on the other side, we read in Hebrews 13, too, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Do you see the tremendous gap between the majesty of the angel and the way that he deigns to describe himself to us in human terms? This whole subject is so beyond me, so beyond my comprehension, I feel embarrassed to even have addressed it. The whole subject of God's angels. Number eight, one angel will announce the rapture, but all the angels will accompany Christ in the second advent. Hmm. First Thessalonians 4.16 says that when the Lord comes back, it will be with the voice of an archangel. That's the rapture. Matthew 16.27 says that the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And all the angels will be there. What a wonderful study we have had. Learning about God's secret agents. Let me just finish as we close our Bibles by reminding you that angels are mysterious. So they're beyond our understanding. Angels are majestic like no creatures on this earth. Angels are mighty. They truly are God's special agents. Angels are ministers reaching out to God's people. And angels are messengers bringing good news from heaven. Praise God for his holy angels. And all the people said, Amen. And friends, when you sing all those songs like Angels We Have Heard on High, Hark the Herald Angels Sing in these next few weeks, uh, remember what we learned about angels, and it will help you even more so to rejoice in their place at the coming of Christ and their part in the story of the Incarnation. Don't forget, you can get the book by just sending a gift of any size and saying, uh, here's my gift, and send me the book on angels. And this month also, we have made available the DVD, uh, Why the Nativity. When you send your gift, ask for these things that we're talking about, either the book on angels or Why the Nativity, and they will be sent to you right away. When we get together on Thursday, we're going to begin a new series called The Jesus You May Not Know. It's a wonderful contemporary look at the attributes of Jesus Christ, who he was, what the Bible tells us about him, and some very creative mantifs of this we're going to really dig deep into the person of Jesus Christ and uh, his ministry to us today. I hope you'll join us when we do that. And then don't forget, you can get a copy of our magazine if you haven't been receiving it. It will come to you absolutely free, but you got to ask for it. The devotional magazine is one of the best I've ever seen, beautifully designed, and you just want to hold on to it as soon as you get it and read every word. It'll come to your house if you ask for it. And don't forget, we can also um, send the devotional material into your email. So, let us know what we can do to help you. We'll see you
0: next time. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Angels, who they are and how they help, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call us at 800-946-4300 Ask for your copy of David's book Angels, Who They Are and How They Help, What the Bible Reveals. Uplifting and helpful it's yours for a gift of any amount You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International and New King James versions. Available in several distinctive cover options Get all the details when you visit our website davidjeremiah.ca slash radio This is David Michael Jeremiah Join us tomorrow as we begin the series The Jesus You May Not Know on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. We celebrate Christmas every year, but have you ever wondered why? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why a newborn king? In the film called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah gives you a front row seat as you travel back in time to experience the sights and sounds of this pivotal moment, the birth of Jesus. Make this your new Christmas tradition. Why the Nativity is available to stream for free at whythenativity.org. Watch it today for free at whythenativity.org.
1: When I read that one's reputation for a thousand years can be determined by the conduct of one hour, I thought of someone who lived two thousand years ago, and for the love of thirty pieces of silver on one night, Judas Iscariot's life was ruined forever. But I also immediately paraphrased in my mind the words of the English reformer John Bradford who said, There but for the grace of God go I. I am sorry for Judas and his ruined reputation, but I would even be more sorry for mine or for yours. We must pray daily for the grace not to take the road to ruin. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's protection on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.